Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are excited to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Mr. Cameron Clutters, our barista, and we have one sensational show lined up for you this morning. First up, we have Dr. Marlon De La Torre, the Senior Director for Evangelization for the Columbus Diocese. We'll continue our conversation on evangelization which makes sense because he is the senior director of evangelization. Next, St. Andrew parishioner Amy Tagg will tell us about an exciting new prayer ministry that's starting up here in Columbus. Then in the second half hour, Father Burke Masters, the chaplain for the Chicago Cubs and keynote speaker at this year's Columbus Catholic Men's Conference, will be here with us to talk about his journey from baseball star to Catholic priest. And today the church celebrates the memorial of St. Paul Miki and companions. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dave. Can you start us with a prayer? In the, name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day. We thank you for your goodness and for your blessings. Lord, we praise you for all the ways that you are sustaining us and guiding us. Lord, we ask to just be faithful to you, to come to you with all of our needs and with all of our love. Lord, give us hearts that are just fully on fire with you, that in that we would do the work of your hands. We thank you for all that you're accomplishing in and through us, we ask for greater docility to do just that. We surrender to you. We offer our days to you. And and all of the intentions that we have in our hearts, all those that we are lifting up in prayer, we pray for each one of them, all those who, who we know need prayer, and even those of our family and friends that we, we don't know, but we just offer them to you. We offer all of our little sacrifices today to you for, for those who are most need of our prayers. You ask for the intercession of Mary. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Beautiful drive in this morning. Yeah. Awesome. I'm really appreciating that it's getting brighter and brighter each morning as I drive in. <laughs> when it was so clear, I mean, folks, February, central Ohio, clear skies. What? I mean, it was just spectacular uh, Spectacular yesterday, mm -hmm. another day of beautiful blue skies, and then this morning, not a cloud, and uh, just a stunning crescent moon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're blessed. We're blessed. How was your evening? It was nice. It was very relaxing. I, um, yeah, didn't really do a whole lot besides take it slow. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, how about yours? Uh, in the car again, doing a little bit of uh, driving with Abby. Abby, if you're listening, great job, great <laughs> job. Yeah, getting uh, getting the uh, maneuverability taken care of. So good, good. Yeah, back at it this evening. So we uh, 
found a little parking lot off one of uh, the parks in Westerville uh, to set up and practice, and it was nice. We She, she worked until uh, close to dark, so we had to rush to find an empty space where we could practice mm-hmm. and, and get it in. But it's it's nice. I enjoy spending the time uh, in the car with Abby, just uh, yeah, just chatting and being together. So it's wonderful. I hope you all had a chance to listen to our new show at 4 p.m. weekdays, Beacon of Truth with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. If you missed it yesterday, please make a point to listen today at 4. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a great job. He starts the show. The first segment is a reflection on the Psalms, which we've done some here uh, as well. And not so much of a Alexio yesterday, but um, just a nice uh, introduction to how um, the Lord speaks to us through the Psalms, how Christ is revealed and how Christ himself uh, prayed the Psalms. So it's uh, an important prayer of the church. And today we start Mark chapter 7, right? Yep. Cam, you want to read the passage for us? Absolutely. This is Mark 7, verses 1 to 13, today's gospel. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, specifically unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, How well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever curses father or mother shall die. Yet you say, If someone says to father or mother, Any support you might have had from me is korban, meaning dedicated to God. You allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many such things. Amen. Amen. And what stood out to me, and actually today's reading as well as, uh, uh, as we'll read forward, spoiler, spoiler alert here coming up in Mark chapter 7, Christ is really inviting well, hard words for the Pharisees, but then also inviting people to change their perspective on how they look at rituals and things in general. 
And when he quotes from Isaiah, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. So he's reminding them, you know, to have a different perspective. You know, sometimes traditions get away from what they were originally intended to be. And to adopt the perspective that he, as the author of life himself, has, and his words carry an authority that no other words do. I'm just thinking of where we are now culturally and where we, what our perspective is, what our worldview is. And even if it's only a degree or two off, it's still off. Now, obviously, in the culture wars and everything, sometimes it gets way off. And through the blessings that we've been given through scripture, magisterial teaching, and church tradition, we have the answers. We have the correct perspective on everything, literally everything. And we need to come back to that. Hmm. You know, what, what, what authorities are we listening to? Who are we treating as having authority in our lives? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Who are we listening to? I appreciate that. Um, well, what stood out to me actually was around the same passage. There, um, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from far from me. And again, kind of riffing off of maybe my same sentiments uh, yesterday in the cafe is, is just, uh, do I, am I, I don't, just being utterly and totally attentive to uh, Christ in my life. You know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, again, this this feels like uh, just a realization of how how much am I, I guess, honoring the the faith that I live out, honoring God through my my works and my actions and my thoughts and you know every part of me versus just my lips, right? Is it like yeah. in my heart? Is it? Is it something I totally live out because I have a solid relationship with Christ and and is that my uh, basis from which all my works flow? Hmm. I, I can hear my dad's voice. Show me, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably heard it more than once, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, are, are, are we living the faith that we profess? Mm-hmm. So. A lot to reflect on today. Yeah, but not just living it, because there, we could live it and do all the motions and go through all True. the actions. Yeah, but it, but not have it in our hearts. Mm. And I, I think that's what really stood out to me here is, um, I don't want my heart to be far from Him, even if I'm living out my faith well. It, Good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's just a reminder to okay, well, if. If I don't have that relationship based in Christ out of out of love, a genuine relationship, then something needs to change. And if we don't have that relationship, how easily things can change. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you move on to the next fad or the next, you know, you know, flavor of the season. Exactly. But it has to be, yeah. I like that, Amanda. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Joining us by phone right now is Dr. Marlon Delatore, the Senior Director of Evangelization for our Fine Diocese. Good morning, Dr. Marlon. Good morning, David. Amanda, how are you both? Blessed. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah, I caught you on the Sunrise Morning Show this morning. Oh, God help you. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's wonderful. It's always good. It's always good to talk to Annie every Tuesday morning. So yeah, one well, we are blessed to continue the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Marlin, we've really been enjoying our conversations with you on evangelization, mm-hmm. and uh, we first started with the method, which we, mm-hmm. as we've been going through it is selected, empowered, and sent. And mm-hmm. last Tuesday, we had the opportunity to talk about being empowered by Christ and. And you so mm-hmm. insightfully shared with us some of those practicals, like recognizing everything as a gift from God, as well mm-hmm. as seeing God and walking towards him in trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so today we get the opportunity to talk about being sent. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just share with us your thoughts mm-hmm. on on that part of the method, being sent. Absolutely. I think uh, sending is a very fearful term for a lot of people because mm-hmm. it means when when you're sent to do something, that means you're being given a trust that you're being sent to perform a task or that you have to go to a destination. You're also putting yourself in a position where there is an authority on you, also that there is a, a responsibility to take care of those who may be sent with you. And so when you apply those, those attributes to uh, evangelization, uh, you're, when you're being sent, that means you've received a gift from our Lord that you will carry and be a caretaker for. And so all this is within the realm of uh, proclaiming the gospel, i.e. in prior to it is the curriculum. Curriculum is the unveiling of the Word of God, and evangelization is the dissemination or the actual, uh, I would say, the, the practicality of what the curriculum is through your acts of evangelization, through your witness of faith, uh, resounding the Word of God. And when you're being sent, now you really have to put into play all right, what this all means uh, for you as a disciple, as an evangelist. You're carrying a word. You're, you're a caretaker. You are a caregiver. And, and those attributes, you are now responsible for making sure that word is not mutilated, that that word it gets to its destination. And so when you're sent, you're sent to carry the word of God to someone who needs to hear it. That is your destination. Your destination is another human being that's awaiting to hear this call, that's awaiting to hear the love of Jesus Christ, that's awaiting to hear this, this beautiful tome where, where Christ in his uh, beauty and his wisdom tells the apostles that I am the way, the truth, and the life, or when you look at John fourteen six, And this is the key to being sent. So this is the, the underpinnings, Amanda, of being sent. It means that now you bear a responsibility. And it's not your word you're proclaiming, it's his. You are the caretaker. Now you are to speak well of him. And and this is a very profound uh, last step when you're being sent, because if you look at any particular scripture passage or book of the Bible, uh, naturally we return to Acts, Acts of the Apostles, where the Apostles are being sent, especially after the Feast of Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2, and then you have the Proclamation of St. Peter, beginning with verse 17 and following, where you have this whole exposition that we must guard what's been handed on to us. And so scent has a, a very significant, uh, impactful meaning, and it's one where we should not take unlikely. 
I think I think you have such a good point there, Dr. Marlin. You uh, started off with kind of expressing that this this actually could be a scary undertaking uh, with mm-hmm. some of some of the things that we've described sent as in terms of we're being given a task, we're being given authority. There's a responsibility put on us as mm-hmm. as caretakers of the gift of the gospel, and uh, it makes me think. Okay, well. This gift is meant to be given to others, and yet there is a practical element of of the weightiness of that responsibility. Correct. And how can we attend to maybe those feelings of uncertainty or feelings mm-hmm. of fear properly so that the gift can be given? Correct, correct. And I think when you look at that fear, that's where we, we hear this term grace a lot, and sometimes we don't understand what that means. And so grace can easily be defined as a particular gift from our Lord. Uh, what it is, it's a, a wonderful underpinning of what God entails for us, what He desires for us in many ways. And the, the gift of grace really means that God desires, all right, for us to participate in His life. And this is the beauty of what grace is and how it works in us. So when we're being sent we're being anointed, we're being called, we've been given uh, an actual uh, attribute to be able to speak well of Him. And that allows us to take fear, not from an unholy perspective, but from the Holy One. Now I'm responsible, and I love it, and I enjoy it. I am afraid. I'm afraid in the good counsel of God versus afraid of walking away from Him. And so this is very important for us because fear can be debilitating. At the same time, it can urge us to speak well of Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and recalling that because we're given that grace, that this participation in God's life, really He's the one sustaining us and, and leading us, and it, it doesn't rely all on us when we're sent. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, think of it this way. When you're being sent, you're, you're being sent to do one of two things. One is all right, you're carrying the message of our Lord. Two, you're going to battle sin. And, and this is part of the, the whole process of, of where fear can debilitate us, is the sin of itself is right there with you. Because uh, our concupiscence tells us, well, maybe I can say it a little bit better than what God did. Or maybe I have a better message, or maybe if I use this particular resource, maybe this will be more effective than what I've already learned or what God wants of me. And so th- there is a, a battle here where, where sin is always permeating. Uh, our ability to evangelize and to be able to be sent. Because the the last thing the devil wants for you and I or for Dave is to speak on this radio, talk about the goodness of Jesus Christ, talk about sin, death, talk about resurrection, and have someone in the audience and the listener and say, you know what? I need to be sent. I'm called. I need to do something. That's the last thing the devil wants to hear or to see. And so when you look at this whole issue of grace being sent uh, the fear, the trepidation, but also the, the responsibility. It's a beautiful thing if you really look at it. That This is why we were born. We, we, we were literally made to do this. Uh, and I couldn't think of any other way of doing it other than that. That, that is like, um, it's like when you, when, you, when you tell your basketball team, bring it on. <laughs> and, yeah. and you say, all right, let's go. All right, let's take it on. Let's take on this adversary. We can do this together as a team, as a family. We will we will succeed, and we will bring this game to fruition, and in the end, we will be the victors, because Christ is the victor. So I just think that there's, there's, there's beauty in this, because it's part of what I've mentioned before, this, this beautiful symphony. 
and and that really becomes part of the of the uh, uh, essential epilogue of the symphony. Is now we're being sent, and now we engage. Praise God. Dr. Marlon Delatore is with us here in the cafe this morning. We're talking about being sent and what that means in the context, I guess, of evangelization. I'm glad you brought team into it, uh, doctor, Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a, um, there is a responsibility there. It's a heavy responsibility to proclaim um, the truth of the gospel Mm -hmm. and to think that we're alone in doing that Mm -hmm. and don't, um, don't bring in everything that the church has to support mm-hmm. and, and have that framework around the proclamation. Correct. Correct. Well said, Dave. There's a, um, the tendency is to mute what God has delivered with our own interpretation or definition. Now it's taking the example of our gifted biblical writers who listen to the Word of God and transcribe that Word into sacred scripture, obviously adding to the culture, to the adaptations of the day, but still maintaining the message and the sanctity and the sacredness of that message. Well, in the same way, when we're being sent, all right, as disciples, two by two, uh, preferably, or you go in a group, um, you are literally being sent to carry that Word. And you're going to add some adaptation to it. You're going to add certain things, or parallels, allegories, uh, something anagogical um, uh, to at least help the person see what you're trying to convey. The key is that the message itself is not diluted, that it's not interrupted. Uh, and that's hard. Uh, we, we learn through practice. We learn through an understanding of being docile to the Spirit. And, and this is part of being sent, is the fact that uh, the gift of humility is your greatest asset. It, it serves as the ability to, uh, to love the person and not love yourself, and to also be able to bear and endure the attacks that you will receive for proclaiming His Word. And that's all part of the responsibility of being sent. No one wants to be mistreated. No one wants to be called something that they prefer not to be called. But that's essentially what is uh, part of the responsibility of being sent as a disciple. Every time we engage someone, uh, we must be, as best as we can, prepared to receive both the good and the bad. And when you look at the, the gift of grace, when you look at being sent, when you see that there's a beautiful interplay back and forth, um, th- that is literally the journey we're called to imitating Jesus Christ. This is exactly what he did. It's what he endured. And if, if we live with him, then we will embrace this. And, and th- that's the beauty of, of this entire process. And being sent is a privilege and an honor. Being sent means that, uh, Lord, you find me worthy enough to share your word with others. And, and to the point of, Dave and Amanda, let's say, with, with our, our beautiful martyrs, especially today for Paul Mickey and his companions, they died being sent. And this is very significant because the, in the end, they were proclaiming the gospel and saying, I love you, Lord. And, and that's just uh, a beautiful, beautiful example of what sent means. Mm. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Dr. Marlon Delatore, the Senior Director of Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. We'll have you back next Tuesday. Where are we going next in the conversation? Well, now, uh, after being sent, now what do you do with this whole issue of the charisma? 
So what we'll do is we'll dive into Acts a little bit and see how the kerygma was actually disseminated and provide some practicality on what all that means. Do you want to make a homework assignment? <laughs> Why don't you read? Hey, I would read Acts chapter 2. How about that? We'll do that. We'll right. be prepared. <laughs> Doctor, thank you so much for being with us. God bless you both. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Coming up next, Amy Tagg from St. Andrew's Parish is going to share some exciting news about a new prayer ministry coming to our diocese. Stay with us. Prayer and devotion to the holy face of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, in presenting ourselves before thine adorable face, to ask of thee the graces of which we stand most in need, we beseech thee, above all, to grant us that interior disposition of never refusing at any time to do what thou requirest of us by thy holy commandments and divine inspirations. Amen. Do you have a minute for a gift? Each of us were made as a gift and to be a gift. We become a gift when we give ourselves to others. In baptism, we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit to draw us closer to God and to help us live virtuously. The Holy Spirit's gift of the fear of the Lord is a grace that brings forth fear of offending God by sin and a hatred for evil. God's spirit of fear reminds us of the holiness of God and fills us with the reverence and desire for God's glory. It leads us to remember our dependence on God, and especially for the grace to act with moderation and self-control. It perfects the virtues of temperance and hope. Let us ask for God's spirit of the fear of the Lord and the grace to live virtuously. God's spirit makes us free. Let us ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let us live in the freedom that Jesus gives and become a gift of self for others. I'm Lori Kronk, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. When people start an exercise program, they often say they don't consider themselves quite ready, or they aren't sure they can commit to a set program. A good coach will meet them wherever they are, no matter what their athletic level. Ask them to commit to the process, trust in the coaching, and be patient with their progress. It's the same in our relationship with God. We don't have to be at a certain spiritual level for God to work with us. He accepts us and loves us where we are and will make patient progress if we commit to His way and trust in Him. From Proverbs chapter 8, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. So let us diligently seek the Father, opening our hearts to His love, trusting in His coaching and patiently allowing Him to love and lead us. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we welcome into the cafe our friend from St. Andrews, Amy Tagg. Good morning, everyone. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. You have an exciting new prayer ministry. Millions of Monicas coming here to the diocese, starting off at St. Andrews. So what is Millions of Monicas? 
Millions of Monicas, we are a group of Catholic women, and we've watched our children abandon their Catholic faith in this chaotic, stressful, and struggling world. And it really has come down to, it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. So parents and moms out there, there's so much hope. And with this Millions of Monicas, that's exactly what we're bringing to these parents who are really saddened about their children falling away from their Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Monica, of course, is the mother of St. Augustine. Yes. Prayed. Prayed, 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 prayed. 17 years. Yeah. And we know the rest of the story. We know the right? rest of the story. Yes, we do, Dave. Yes, we do. And you know, with, with uh, half of young Americans who were raised Catholic, they leave the church. Roughly 79% of those do so before the age of 23. Mm. So that's really uh, an alarm, a sound off to we need to really wake up and and really pray hard for these children. And, you know, other family members as well. This is not just for children. It can be for an aunt, a spouse. It can be for anyone who's fallen away from the church. Now, you're starting at St. Andrews on next Monday. The, yes. The, the, the 12th, right? Correct. And, and, and I love that this is first and foremost a prayer ministry it is a so prayer it's ministry. not a support group it's not a discussion group you're there probably be elements of um, of um of uh discussion and and um just spending time together but it's rooted in a holy hour absolutely and dave the, the flow of the evening is we have an opening song which we choose weekly we have a weekly scripture reflection we have a signs and sewing activity, which is to reflect on seeing the work of God in our lives. And we also do a trust me prayer. We have small groups, crucifix prayer. We do a mom's prayer, a rosary, a prayer to St. Monica, and then a closing song. So this is a very structured program. Mm-hmm. And it was started by two women in that state up north. Can I get a no H? Minnesota. <laughs> That's exactly right, yeah, <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> And these uh, women have are just amazing, and they've been so very supportive. And you know, I've been called to lead this, but mm-hmm. with uh, my co-anchors, as I call them, Mary Fracker, Teresa Boney, and Chris Higgins, they've done an amazing job of supporting this program as well. Good. One hour, one purpose. Our children. We're talking about millions of Monicas with Amy Take from St. Andrews. Uh, the website, friends, for more information is millionsofmonicas.com. How, how did you first uh, come across the ladies from the state up north? Well, it began in adoration, which I highly encourage because it is an amazing way to spend time with our Lord and have him speak to us. And uh, knowing came over me, and as I was praying for my children to return to their Catholic faith, I thought of, obviously, St. Monica. So this knowing that I needed, St. Andrew needed to begin a ministry. So we started with the St. Monica Club, which we just celebrated our one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And this is a very unstructured book club where we read chapters, we talk about it, that sort of thing, how to persevere in the time of waiting, right? So I continued to pray, and I thought, okay, we need more. This is wonderful. We need more. And I started researching, and boom. Millions of Monica's right there. I've got goosebumps right now. And I reached out and 
the rest is history. I am so excited about this ministry bringing hope to people. I, I, I love how you say it, uh, this ministry in the time of waiting, because just, just in saying that, there's hope. That, so you, you know that the Lord will act, and you're in this period of waiting in joyful expectation. Absolutely. And two, I think people need to give some thought to, it may not be us bringing our children back to the church. Right. So I pray for the intercession of St. Ambrose, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, a St. Ambrose type person to come into all of our children's lives to bring them back to their Catholic faith. So a lot of hope in that. Run through the uh, how the evening looks again for us. Okay, so we start out with an opening song. Mm-hmm. We then go into a weekly scripture reflection. So it may be just a one sentence, and then we're going to do some reflection on that. We're going to do some signs and sewing activities, which is where we see what, how Christ is working in our lives. Have we, you know, evangelized to another person's child, and what did that look like? So we do that, and then we go into the Trust Me Prayer, Small Groups Crucifix Prayer. This is where we pray silently for each child that we bring as an intention before the Lord. So we hold the crucifix as we say the first and middle name of our child. So we we really keep, Mm. you know, things pretty closed up. We don't do a lot of why we're here, what are you doing here, what, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Then we do a mom's prayer, then we pray a rosary, and then, the, of course, prayer to St. Monica, and then we do a closing song. So that is going to be the flow of the evening. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that there's a signs and sewing aspect of the evening, because, Dave, like you were sharing the this idea of there's always hope. I, to me, the signs and sewings just radiates this idea of contemplating the good work that God is doing. And if we can stay rooted in in the ability to reflect on what he is actually doing in our life, then it, it gives hope for the promise of what he will continue doing. Absolutely. And Amanda, I want to loop back to uh, your reflection conversation earlier with Dave about, um, you know, St. Mark. The beauty of this ministry is we're also here to pray for our own conversion of heart. Mm. Because not just our children's or our spouses or another family member, but our own conversion of heart needs to be in place prior to approaching prayer. So we all must have the sincere desire to change our lives first from the worldly ways to the spiritual way in order to intercede properly for others. I love that. I just love that. Mm. So it's not just about, okay, we're praying for everyone's conversion. We're working on our own. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of this. I say it's a win-win. It really is. Yeah. It makes total sense. Why not? Why not? Friends, Monday night, this coming Monday is the first meeting. Correct. Of millions of Monica's. For more information, you can visit millionsofmonica's.com. Will it be in the, held in the church? It will be held in the church. Yes. Okay. And we'll so just show up at St. Andrews. All are invited. Correct. And just walk into the church and you'll you'll see Absolutely. a bunch of Monica's. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> yes, you will. I love this. We'll have to have you back, uh, Amy, too. Um, let us know how it's going because I, I really can see this taking off. Yeah, and me too. I hope it does in, in a number of parishes because we know the power of a mom's prayer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amy Tag from St. Andrews. Thank you. Thank you.
Cam, yeah. Amanda, and Dave, of course, it's always good to see you, and yeah. you're dressed in blue. So like I said earlier, <laughs> we got the memo. <laughs> well, God bless, Amy. Thanks God for bless. being with us. Yeah. Coming up next, we have our keynote, one of our keynote speakers at the upcoming Columbus Catholic Men's Conference. Father Burke Masters will be with us here in the cafe. Stay with us. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need. Your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. When I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. After a series of personal tragedies, I really felt a need to come home to a church, and that's when I came back to the Catholic Church. I never realized before that we get, at every Mass, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Gospel. I never realized before, it's all biblically based. The Catholic Church is based on the Bible. This is the church that Christ started, and we practice all the sacraments as He gave them to us, and I think that's important. I um, love getting up and going to church. I love going to Mass. I feel like I get to go to Mass, not like I have to go to Mass. The joy, I have joy in my spirit, I have a lightness in my spirit that I haven't had before. I love the Catholic Church with all my heart, and I can't imagine my life without it. My life is totally different now. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes, we Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. And I'm Dave Orsborn. I really enjoyed that conversation with Amy. Um, Millions of Monica's, friends, millions of Monica's 
Com. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful new prayer ministry that uh, is getting started here in uh, Columbus at St. Andrews this coming Monday at 6 p.m. So you've had experience with some Monica's or Monica's in your life. Yeah, I really have, actually. Uh, so I'm from Southern California. And so back home, the a group of women got together to kind of start creating their own Monica group. It wasn't officially a part of this one, but they took it on as an initiative to start praying for their children. And the group quickly grew, mm-hmm. you know, as there is a need to continue praying yeah. for for the conversion of all. And in the midst of that, my mom actually invited me to come to the St. Monica's group. And so we would meet together with the ladies of the parish and come together you know, for a little bit of fellowship, but mostly rooted in prayer. We would pray the rosary and all the intentions that we would lift up were typically for the conversion of family members, you know, particularly uh, the moms who were there mm-hmm. um, for their children. And then myself, of course, lifting up my my siblings and those also in need of conversion. And it's just a, a good time. Like you, you were emphasizing, Dave, the idea of hope and but also coming together and and praying together as a team and lifting mm-hmm. lifting people up in prayer. And these same ladies constitute our West Coast Cafe Fan Club. <laughs> yes, so hello, hello everyone listening out there. <laughs> <laughs> While we are in the midst of conference season, the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference is Saturday, February 17th uh, at the Ohio Expo Center, Kasich Hall. Then the following Saturday, the 24th, is the 27th annual Catholic Men's Conference called to be saints. And joining us right now here in the cafe is the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in the beautiful suburb of Hinsdale, Illinois, the author of A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from Baseball Star to Catholic Priest, the one and only Father Burke Masters. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Good to be with you. Thanks for being here. Wow. My pleasure. I'm a fanboy. <laughs> so I don't starting where do we start your story? Do you want to start Well, you're a convert to the faith. I, I don't know if I I read that in your bio. I d I'm not sure if I knew that before. Yes. So my my mother grew up uh, Southern Baptist, and my father in the United Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. And when they married, they moved to uh, Joliet, Illinois, from Southern Illinois. They were in St. Louis Cardinal land and moved to Cub Sox land. <laughs> and uh, they tried to find a church, but they kind of, they said they just kind of fell out of practice. They got busy with three boys. And so I really grew up Protestant and unchurched. Mm-hmm. So I had very, very little religious education growing up other than I knew the Christmas story. I knew the very basics of the Christian, you know, themes, but um, really uneducated in the faith. How did you end up then um, in high school? Being in, Who introduced you to the Catholic faith? Yes, yeah, so interestingly, both of my older brothers went to the public high school and grade school. I went to public grade school, and when it came time for high school, my parents weren't happy with the public high schools in the area. Mm-hmm. So they said, Burke, you have two choices. You can go to Joliet Catholic or Providence Catholic. <laughs> and uh, so I was introduced to this brand new world, 
as a 14-year-old freshman, but I was so intrigued by it as well. I, I knew that I had to go to the all-school masses and take the theology classes. Little did I know that it would transform my life. And, you know, Sister Margaret Ann, my freshman theology teacher, gave me my first Bible one day mm. and uh, encouraged me to start reading the Gospel of Matthew. And there I encountered Jesus in a deep personal way. And then I started learning, you know, all things Catholic, and all the pieces started to come together to where I just knew I, I had to become Catholic. And I did so a week before I graduated high school. Oh, praise God, and well done, sister. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, God so rest I... your soul. She just passed away a few months ago, uh -huh. but little did she know when she handed me that Bible, um, the impact it would have on my life. Or maybe she did know. She, she probably did know. <laughs> what, what's her name again? We'll pray for her. Sister Margaret Ann. Wonderful. Margaret Sister Ann. Margaret Ann. Yeah. Good. So at this point then, senior year in high school, coming to the church, and then you're also then obviously a baseball player, making a decision about where you're going to play your college ball. Right. I, I had uh, a lot of offers to play college baseball, and my final three came down to Northwestern here in Chicago, uh, Mississippi State, where my dad played college basketball, mm -hmm. and, and Stanford out on the West Coast. Wow. Two really strong academic schools and one baseball powerhouse. <laughs> and guess where, guess where I went? <laughs> you went for the powerhouse. baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I'll have to describe it. So when I went down there, um, you know, Will Clark, Rafael Palmero, Bobby Thigpen, and oh Jeff gosh. Brantley, all, all future major leaguers were playing. They were playing Auburn, and Bo Jackson was playing for Auburn at the time. Wow. 10,000 people at a college baseball game, and I thought, where do I sign? You know, <laughs> as a high school boy, my eyes were just, uh, you know, wide open. And so I ended up signing a letter of intent during that trip, and I canceled my, my trip to Stanford. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what uh, position do you play, or did you play? So I was a middle infielder. Mm -hmm. uh, I, played, I played second base for three years there, and then mainly by we, we didn't have a third baseman. Our third baseman got drafted early, and so I ended up playing third base by last year. A little bit out of position, but uh, ironically, that was the year that we made it to the, the College World Series. And you had a pretty good experience at the World Series. I, I did Actually, to get us to the World Series, I had the, the best tournament of my life, um, and that's where the, the title of the book comes from. I, I, hit a, I went six for six and hit a grand slam in the last inning against Florida State to help us get to the College World Series, and I thought that was just going to propel me to into my major league career, mm -hmm. um, but God had other plans. And and so uh, when we were coming up with the title of the book, you know, I believe that God gave me the that experience of the Grand Slam in college, which has been voted the the number one sports moment in Mississippi State history, which is hard for me to believe. <laughs> and uh, and and he's he's given me this gift of being a Catholic priest. And, mm -hmm. to, and to be chaplain for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so I've learned that we cannot outdo God in generosity. When we give him everything that he's already given to us, he takes it, blesses it, multiplies it, and gives it back to us in ways that we never imagined. So how, how was God working in, in your life at this point? So you, you, you know, great college career, 
looking forward to the to the major leagues. Were you listening to God's voice in all of this? I think I I was half listening. <laughs> you know, I would go I would go to mass on Sunday, um, but life was busy. You know, we traveled a lot. I I was a good student, so I I studied, and uh, you know, I, I would I would pray, but it was mainly honestly about my career, and it was it was kind of a selfish prayer as I look back on it, and uh, you know, I think people say, well, when when were the seeds of your vocation planted? I, they probably. I believe were planted when I was baptized at the age of 18. But, uh, you know, as I look back, God was preparing me for this vocation, but I was so focused on baseball, I didn't want to listen to any other, you know, path for me. And so I took baseball as far as I could. And when that door finally closed, I played for a brief time with the White Sox in the minor leagues. Ooh, that must have been tough, being with the White Sox, huh? It was. (laughs) (laughs) I tell people I had, so you have to realize my my parents were diehard Cardinal fans growing up near St. Louis, and uh, we moved to this area, and so I tell people I had my two biggest conversions in life. One was becoming Catholic, and the second one was even greater. I became a Cubs fan. So uh, (laughs) I I didn't grow up a Cubs fan, but I'm I'm all in now, of course. So, uh, So the White Sox told me, they said, Burke, you do everything well nothing great and they're, they're looking for greatness mm. and so i had to realize my baseball career was over and i thought what am i going to do with my life because i had planned my whole life around being a, a major league ball player yeah and uh i had a, I had a degree in math my parents always taught us you know to get a good education I, me- I remember my dad saying even if you make it to the major leagues you know the chances of playing more than five or ten years are slim so I had a degree in math, and so I started working as an actuary uh, for an insurance company, you know, figuring out statistics for mm-hmm. premiums. And I, I was making a lot of money, but I was bored to tears, and I thought, this isn't what God has planned for me. And so I, I switched gears, and I think I think God was, you know, I know God was calling me to be a priest, but I was kind of running from the call. So then I thought, I'm going to become general manager of the Cubs one day. And uh, I went to Ohio University, uh, not too far from you there, Yeah, in Athens. Got my master's degree in, in sports administration. Worked for four years for a minor league baseball team here in Illinois. Was working my way up the ladder. Had a few job offers, one with the Florida Marlins. And uh, another one of my college roommates had become a major league baseball agent and was looking for some help in his office. And... Uh, and then this call to the priesthood came, was coming as well. And I was, I thought, God, are you serious? You know, I've got these two dream jobs in baseball, and you're calling me to be a priest. <laughs> mm. And uh, and so, and I was dating somebody pretty seriously, and I thought, she's the one I'm going to marry. And uh, I just, it just wouldn't go away. When my girlfriend invited me to go to adoration, and it was in that silence of adoration that I was, feeling like God was saying, Burke, I want you to be a priest. And I tell Stephanie now, my girlfriend, my former girlfriend, and, and I said, that was your fatal flaw, was introducing me to adoration. <laughs> <laughs> because in that silence, I, I heard the call. And so finally, I went to Steph one day, and I said, you know, I think God may be calling me to be a priest. And she said, if this is your call from God, she said, you have to follow it. She said, I can't compete with God. 
very faithful Catholic woman. And so we broke up. I made plans to go to seminary at Mundelein outside of Chicago uh, in 1997. And almost immediately as I crossed the, the threshold of the seminary, I felt this overwhelming peace, like this is, I found my home. Mm. Father so, Burke Masters, one of the keynote speakers at this year's Columbus Catholic Men's Conference, uh, pastor of St. Isaac Jogues uh, Parish in the Diocese of Joliet. You were ordained in 2002, right? Correct, 2002. And I love, Father, and, Father, how your yes to the priesthood, God really honored that. You, you said your baseball career ended in order to become a priest, but the Lord's really used your your love of baseball and your and your passion still to this day. I know you've had a baseball camp. You've um, been able to witness to a lot of uh, young men still through through baseball. Now with your ministry as a chaplain of the Chicago Cubs, so true. And I, I have a big school here at my parish, and so I'm I'm always bringing in sports analogies with the kids. So when, when they hear sports, their ears perk up, mm-hmm. and it's just a way to bring the gospel to them. Mike Sweeney, who played for the Kansas City Royals, uh, started these Catholic baseball camps. And when I heard about it, I thought, I've got to see this in action. So I went to Seattle. Mike Mike has become a, a very dear friend, an amazing husband and father and, and Catholic man. And he said, I want to tell the greatest story ever told, Jesus the greatest game ever played baseball. Of course, people may debate the, the sports and now, you know, which sport is the greatest. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. He's had whole families convert because of this, these baseball camps. He's had people come in from other countries. And so we now have an annual camp here in Chicagoland, uh, the Mike Sweeney Catholic Baseball Camp. And it's amazing. It, it's also spilled over. We have a, a soccer camp and a basketball camp and a tennis mm-hmm. camp. And so we're just trying to bring Jesus to young people through sports, which has become a God for many families. And coming from a family where sports dominated what we did, I totally understand that world. Mm-hmm. You're the leadoff speaker at the conference coming up on Saturday, February 24th. Where did you bat in the order? <laughs> That's a funny uh, question. So I batted second in the order, and uh, I was I was good handling the bat, so I could bunt and hit and run. And so uh, I was never really comfortable being the leadoff hitter, but uh, I'll be happy to leave things <laughs> off at the conference. And uh, yeah, I just invite uh, if there's men out there who are listening and wondering, oh, should I go to this conference? I know when you again when you sacrifice something for the Lord, we can't outdo Him in generosity and you come with an open heart, uh, God will speak to you, and who knows uh, what he can do through through my words and, and some of the other great speakers that will be there uh, on February 24th. Yeah, you're joined by John Edwards and Chris Stefanik. It's going to be a great day. Man, if you haven't already registered, please take this opportunity today. Go to stgabrielradio.com and, and sign up. While you're there, you can also sign up the Lady in Your Life for the Women's Conference happening the week before Saturday, February 17th. Now, Father uh, Burke Masters here in the cafe with us. You held uh, 
a number of diocesan roles, uh, vocations director, adult faith formation uh, for the Diocese of Joliet. Now um, you're pastoring a parish. Yes, uh, so I, I love being vocation director, and, you know, I, again, God has a sense of humor. I thought I'd be recruiting baseball players for my major league team, and <laughs> and I end up recruiting priests for, for God's major leagues, and what a gift that was to be able to walk with these young men, and, you know, some of them I met in middle school who are now priests doing great things for Jesus. It's amazing, and uh, then I worked as adult faith and evangelization director for the diocese and developed this adult program called Be Formed mm-hmm. that is starting to spread beyond the Diocese of Joliet. And then now, uh, just a year and a half into being a pastor, and I love being in one place. You know, I, as vocation director, I traveled all over, uh, you know, talking about the vocation to the priesthood, which was amazing. And now I'm in one place, and I get to walk this journey of faith with families and really go deep and, you know, to baptize their children, to witness their weddings, celebrate funerals, be with them mm-hmm. in the good times and the bad. And that's what I always thought I'd do as a, as a diocesan priest. And uh, so God had other plans again for about 20 years to do other kinds of ministries. And now I just love being, being a pastor here at St. Isaac's. Well, we're looking forward to having you here in Columbus. We're speaking with Father Burke Masters, pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, and the author of A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from Baseball Star to Catholic Priest. So, Father Masters, uh, look forward to seeing you in just a few weeks. Can't wait. And I hope hope the weather holds out like it, it is right now. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. Look yeah. forward to meeting you and all the men who will be there uh, that weekend. Thank you, Father. Could uh, could we have your blessing? Sure. Heavenly Father, I ask you to send your blessing upon all who are listening. Flood them with the gifts of your Holy Spirit. Help us to know the depth of your love for us. And may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for spending time with us this morning, Father. It's a pleasure. God bless you. See you soon. God bless you. Father Burke Masters keynote speaker at the upcoming Columbus Catholic Men's Conference. Great show today. Thanks for being with us. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be a world without end. Amen. Amen. Be with us tomorrow. The Visitation Sisters, Mary Beth Eberhardt and Lisa Iglesias will be with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. God bless you.